Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today is from the Gospel of Luke, the second chapter. And it's an incredible reading for a number of reasons. And one of those reasons being that it will motivate you to travel in time. And believe it or not, it's up to you if you want to travel forwards or backwards. I'll explain. This chunk of Luke chapter 2 follows the birth narrative, and I'm sure you've heard that birth narrative, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, quite a few times this past week. And now we're moving on to verses 22 through 40. And even though they follow immediately afterwards, we're actually 40 days later, 40 days after Jesus was born. So what's interesting about these readings is that it hasn't been 40 days since Jesus was born. It's been one day. Christmas was yesterday. So if you would imagine with me that it's been about 40 days since Christmas. And if you're looking at your calendar and you're wondering what specific day that actually is, it's Thursday, February 3rd. So welcome to 40 days later, hence the uh, time traveling. So that's looking forward. But if you're a parent, you might be traveling in the other direction back in time. Forty days after the baby was born? Oh man, oh, that's a bit of a blur. It's a little hard to remember between the feedings and the diaper changes. There's no schedule in those first few days and those first few months. There's no designated nap times. There's no set meal times. And when you get the privilege to sleep, you don't even need to set an alarm clock because you made one. It's in the other room and it's gonna go off at a moment's notice. <laughs> so here we are, 40 days since Jesus was born. Think about all the things that Mary's been treasuring in her heart so far. And today, 40 days later, we're actually in Jerusalem. Imagine this new young family walking into the big city. And they're on, you know, they have some business to conduct. They're going to present Jesus before the Lord. And now they're entering into the temple. And here's where things get a little interesting. Simeon took baby Jesus into his arms and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And Mary and Joseph marveled. They marveled at what Simeon said about Jesus. They marveled at these things, that this aged, holy man was standing there in the temple. He takes Jesus into his arms, and he spoke with joy so gloriously about him that he should be the light of the world, the savior of all people, especially the people in Israel and all people on earth. And Simeon regarded Jesus so highly that he would now gladly die because he had seen the child. Now it's marvelous that these things were said openly there in that public and holy place by that great man. Even though he said that about a poor little baby whose mother was poor and insignificant and whose father Joseph was not wealthy. 
How could such a baby be considered the savior of all people, a light to the Gentiles and glory and honor to all Israel? Now, considering that we know the full story, it might not be so marvelous. But when we knew nothing about Jesus, when nothing about this baby was known, Simeon's words were definitely marvelous. It definitely looked like this little infant was exceedingly unequal to the huge and great things that Simeon was saying about him. But Mary and Joseph, nevertheless, they believed it. And for that reason, they also marveled. Just think, if they hadn't believed it, it wouldn't have really meant that much. It wouldn't have been marvelous at all. Simeon's words would have gone in one ear and out the other. But, therefore, the fact that they were marveling showed that, well, number one, that Mary and Joseph were listening, but even more so that Mary and Joseph had great faith. You might say, well, why are they marveling right now? Didn't they experience just a laundry list of marvelous things? Didn't the angels tell them that he was the Christ and the Savior? And didn't the shepherds speak gloriously about him? And was it also marvelous that the Magi traveled so far to give him their offerings? And also Mary knew that she had conceived him from the Holy Spirit. And the angel Gabriel told her that he would be great. In short, everything that's happened has been incredibly marvelous. Everything. Everything from that first visit to the, of the angel to now being in the temple. Everything's been incredible. But we can simply assume that Mary and Joseph heard what Simeon said. And they firmly believed it. They stood there, they listened to him, and they marveled at his words. What else could they do? And in a literal sense, this marveling serves as an example for me and for you. An example of our faith. That we should teach that God's works towards us are marvelous. That more often than not, we would expect things that happen so small and insignificant to be small and insignificant. The beginning usually doesn't look that great, but in the end, things sometimes turn out differently than we expected, especially in Jesus. He started as a small little baby in a backwoods town of Bethlehem, and now he's going to grow up and become the savior of the world, who's going to die for his people. Right now he looks like he's just a little baby, but at the end he's going to die and rise for us. So if Mary and Joseph had judged what they saw, they would have considered Christ to be just no more than a baby. But they disregarded what they saw, and they clung to the words of Simeon with firm faith, and therefore they marveled at what they said, at what he said. And the incredible thing is that we can do the same. We can marvel at the words of Simeon. We can marvel at Jesus Christ here on earth. And some things take great faith to believe. Things like, how could God become incarnate? How could God become flesh and dwell among us? Some might say that they can't believe what they're seeing. Others might say they can't believe what they're hearing. But Mary and Joseph, they heard and they saw and they marveled and they believed. And the fact that they are marveling at the words of Simeon, it's also written there to show us that God's word never goes out without fruit. He says, My word which goes out from my mouth shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish all that I want and shall succeed in all that I sent it. 
So Simeon, he's there. He made a heartfelt, beautiful speech, preaching pure gospel and God's word. And what else is the gospel but a sermon about Christ declaring him to be Savior, the light of the world? That there is the Christmas gospel. Christ came unto us. Jesus was given so that he could save us from our sins. The gospel makes our hearts happy and received in faith. It changes our hearts. Simeon in the temple, he said these great words, and who knows who was listening there? Who knows who heard those words of pure gospel and took them to heart? I'm sure there were some people in the temple that day that despised it as being, you know, a little foolish. There were those who stood in the temple, some were praying, some were doing some other things, but they probably gave no attention to this old man saying these words. Who knows, they might have even shushed him. (laughs) But yet... Because God's word produces fruit, there were some there who indeed received it with joy and wonder, namely Mary and Joseph. And here we are hearing Simeon's words of the Christ child and how marvelous those words are, words that we can cling on to with faith, words that we can teach, our, teach to our families, words that we can share with our neighbors, words that we can treasure up into our hearts because God saw us. Sinful and broken, and he sent us his son to save us. Jesus, the baby in Bethlehem. Jesus, this one-month-old, being presented in the temple. Jesus, the one who Simeon saw before he died. Jesus, who is our light and our life, the light of the world in the flesh, our Savior and Redeemer. What a wonderful and marvelous Christmas it is, because the baby was born to us so that he could die and rise for us so that one day we could live eternally with him. So we hear and we see what God is doing for us right here and right now. And let me tell you, we have a great response to that. When we see and we hear what God is doing for us, we can marvel. I marvel at us, the church, the people of God gathered here in this place. I marvel as we worship God. I marvel as we receive God's gifts of word and sacrament. I I marvel as we confess our sins and God forgives us. I'm sure you received a number of gifts yesterday. But remember the gifts that God gives you every day our Savior, Jesus Christ. We can certainly marvel as we receive that gift day in and day out. And Mary and Joseph, they marveled at what Simeon said about Jesus, and we can marvel with them. The miracle of Christmas is easy to remember the day after Christmas. And as the people of God, we can marvel every single day. To God be glory. We can marvel because God sent his Son to redeem us. How marvelous. Amen. And may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our marvelous Lord. Amen.